Yo, what's good, everybody? And this week's episode is brought to you guys by our amazing sponsors over at Skillshare. Guys, I love Skillshare so much because they are a one-of-a-kind learning community that helps you guys become the best version of yourself and learn so many dope and amazing skills. Guys, you know here we're always giving you all the resources to level up and become the best version of yourself. And Skillshare has really amazing courses that you guys can sign up for. They have an amazing purpose course. A lot of guys have been hitting me up and telling me how much that's been impactful to their life. And they have so many other amazing courses. And you get all these courses for free. Yes, guys. That's why I love Skillshare so much. They give you guys these courses for free. And you can sign up for free. Go to Skillshare.com slash the roommates. One more time at a Skillshare.com slash the roommates. Go ahead and sign up guys. Learn some amazing skills. Build yourself up. Level yourself up. And for the first 1,000 people that sign up, you guys get Skillshare Premium for free, guys. Skillshare is giving so many great resources, so many great tools. I want every last man to take advantage of it, guys. As always, there's two kinds of people in life, people that complain and people that make a change. Make a change. Skillshare.com slash the roommates. You'll thank me later, and let's get to this week's episode. This week. On the roommate podcast. I think one big thing, and, you know, I talk with some of my mentees a lot about this, and, you know, we talk about it a lot, is most guys have this idea that they constantly need to be chasing, mm. right? They constantly need to be chasing a woman. Where, you know, for me and my personal experience, the more you chase your purpose, mm. your passion, yeah. everything else comes by default, mm. right? So for a lot of guys, if you're finding yourself, you're in a position where you're constantly chasing or not getting the the type of woman that you want or the type of results that you want, you know, that's kind of an indicator to me that you aren't chasing your purpose enough. Because I think most women, especially if they're a traditional or like a feminine woman, they crave security. Mm -hmm. And if you're chasing your purpose, that's what you're going to begin to ooze out is that sense of security that's going to draw women towards you. Mm -hmm. um, so for me, I think a lot of it is just, man, focus on your purpose and everything else will, will kind of come. Yo, what's good, everybody? This is Hafiz, and welcome to another episode. I hope you guys are having a great day, and you guys can see the suit. So that means one of two things. I'm interviewing one of two different people. One, it's America's Most Wanted. <laughs> I love him. He'll be back soon, but it's not him today. Guys, one of the biggest things here at The Roommates is I always want to give you guys individuals who can give you guys the most value. You know we're always about leveling up and improving yourself physically, emotionally, spiritually, and financially. And I want to bring on some players onto the show to help you guys level up physically, guys, when it comes to clothing, when it comes to style, when it comes to fashion, all those great things. And these are some some young men who I, man, I love these guys. They're like my, my brothers from another mother, man. I'm super excited to be bringing them on the show continuously to teach, to encourage, and to uplift you guys and to have a little fun with the Pepe Soup along <laughs> the way. So guys, without further ado, please Welcome to the show, the one and only Eric and Joe. What's going on, My man? Man, what's up? Appreciate brother? it. Glad what? to be here, man. Long time coming. I know, Absolutely. man. I know. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel yeah. like we first talked about this, yeah. like, was it this year? It yeah. Might have been in like February, yeah. January. Yeah, it was like, yeah, 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 yeah. A minute ago. Yeah, it was a couple months ago. Pre-pandemic. Yeah. 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 So, so, do you know how I met Joe? 
I want to say it was at Twin Peaks. I oh. think. Or, yeah. <laughs> that oh, was yeah. Online, you know, for business purposes. <laughs> <laughs> for business, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's at the beach. And so it's interesting because at that time we were trying to do more fashion content because I was trying to create a plan for like kind of what we're building right now, and I want to do more fashion content. So I was following a bunch of really dope fashion influencers. Obviously, Alice Costa. Costa Oh, um, teach a man's fashion, all the guys in Europe. Mm-hmm. And then, like, I found this dude. I think Stefan showed me this dude who was doing fashion in Atlanta. I was like, Damn, this dude's kind of fly. Mm-hmm. You know, so I followed his account. Like I said, we were at the peaks. And next thing I know, this man Joe walked in. And I was like, Is that the guy that I'm following? So I went up to him, man. Dude was super awesome. And, and now we're here. Absolutely. We're here, man. Yeah. We're here, so, man. guys, I know who you are. You know, for the audience who doesn't know who you are right now, can you give a bit of an elevator pitch synopsis about who you are, what you're doing, all that good stuff? Yeah. So, <clears throat> we are one half each of Harrison and Hines. Uh, it's a menswear company. We primarily specialize in custom suiting. Uh, we recently this year launched our women's line as well. So we do women's suits also. Um, based here in Atlanta, um, been doing it for some years now. Started back in college where we met. Um, yeah, man. So I mean, so far so good. But we're we're still we're still working our way up. But it's been a great great ride so far. Dope, 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 dope. And what school did you guys meet at again? Man, Georgia Southern. Georgia yeah. Southern. Georgia Southern. <laughs> Georgia Southern. Good man. times. Yeah, go Georgia Eagles, Southern. <laughs> yeah. So what made you guys decide to get into menswear? Like, what was the idea behind getting into that? Um, well, man, I, I really think it starts with the origin story. And, you know, I, I think you'll be able to touch on it a little bit, but kind of to give you a background for me, you know, prior to college, I was like ball is life, right? Like I just knew I was going to go to the league. I was the guy who like, I would sit in the gym and I would shoot a thousand shots a day, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but a really interesting happy, you know, going into, you know, my, uh, really my senior year, I broke my arm twice in the same year. And the same second, arm? yeah, same wow. arm, my, my left arm. And I broke it about three months, um, you know, back to back from each other. Wow. Both times a double fracture. But the second time I broke it, I had nerve damage. Mm. Right. So I remember sitting, um, you know, in, in my room and just kind of seeing, you know, no light at the end of the tunnel in terms of when it comes to basketball, because here I'm going to my senior year. My arms broken. All these camps that I had planned to kind of go to get some more exposure were done. I couldn't feel anything in my left hand. You know, and I, I kind of just noticed the ball stop bouncing for me, mm. you know. So fast forward, I end up playing my senior season. You know, of course, you know, uh, my left hand, I didn't have any feeling in it. But I'm going into college. And I'm going through these visits. You play with one hand? Yeah. Yeah, man. <laughs> I mean, I mean, it, it was crazy. So like I could use my left hand, but I didn't have any feeling because I had nerve damage. Wow. Um, yeah. So a lot of my feeling didn't come back until really my sophomore, junior year of college. But, That's crazy. You know, moving forward, I end up going to Georgia Southern. I'm on campus. Of course, I'm doing a visit. And this guy by the name of Adam Hazlip, shout out to Adam. He comes up to me and he says, hey, you know, we're doing a program called Pathways to Success. Are you interested? It's for incoming African-American males. We're only selecting 30. Would you be are willing to be a part of it? So at the time, you know, I just noticed I had all this energy and I didn't have any direction on where to funnel it. And I think a lot of people who, you know, play sports and are athletes kind of go through that because you're so locked in on one thing for so long that you really don't explore other areas of yourself. So, you know, I was like, sure, why not? Yeah. Right. So I uh, ended up getting accepted into the program. And that's also where I met E. And oh, we end up getting these mentors who are either getting a master's, doctoral degree or, you know, it's their senior year in college. Um, as our mentors. Yeah. And one of the first things, you know, I, I realized and I started really liking about the way they presented themselves is how they dressed. Mm. You know, it was the first time I saw guys that looked like me 
that actually wore suits, yeah. right? And these guys were, you know, uh, leaders on campus, they were in student orgs. And I just remember this visual, and this is what really ties everything together. We're in our dining commons. Um, and about six or seven of them all walk in at one time. And like, I just remember like the lunch lady stopped serving chicken, you know what I mean? Everybody turned around and I just saw the response mm. that happened just based on how they carried themselves and how they dressed because they were wearing suits. And yeah. that's, I think, what really sparked the interest in, you know, even this idea of, you know, perception economics, mm. right? Where attention is the currency, you know, and the valuation of that currency goes up and down based on the collective perception of what people think and what people feel about you. Um, and that's just what kind of started the journey, at least for me in, in, in menswear. And, you know, I think you can touch on it a little bit as well. Yeah. Um, pretty similar. I know for me also I, going into college, I was a little lost, I guess, as far as what I wanted to do, what direction I was headed as well. And we were in the same program, like Joe was saying, and like he said, seeing that perception and, and really open, it opened my eyes to what could be, right? Because coming into college, a lot of people kind of have that same feeling of, okay, what's next? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? You don't, you don't necessarily know what your major is. You change yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? So it's a lot of ups and downs. So I think that kind of initially sparked that vision that we had, mm -hmm. right, of you know, this could really be something for us. Cause mm -hmm. after, you know, we actually had to wear suits on Sundays cause we had meetings. Oh, wow. So after that, we kind of were like, you know, this isn't so bad. And for me also, I was kind of tired of honestly of looking like everybody else. Mm. Cause I was really honestly into the, I guess, streetwear side of things. Okay. <clears throat> and it got a little boring for yeah. me. So I think that was another thing, just being able to kind of be different, yeah. um, stand out, but in a, in a good way. Mm. You know what I mean? So that's kind of where it all started for us. No, that's dope. Yeah. That's dope. No, I think, I think to me, the reason why I'm excited about bringing you guys on and bringing you guys more involved with the brand is that there's always a culture or there's always a conversation, especially in the black America, black community, where women are killing it and men are nowhere to be found. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that culture, like the, that kind of conversation creates a lot of people's perception that there's not a lot of black men who are doing well, who are dressing well, who are thinking well, who are you know, mostly healthy, spiritually healthy, all that good stuff, who are trying to improve themselves. Mm -hmm. And I feel like a lot of those guys are like invisible to a lot of people. They're like, they don't exist. And so to me, like seeing you guys and seeing you guys grinding and hustling and seeing all the guys all around the world, I'm like, yo, people need to see more men like this. Right. You know what I mean? There's a lot of guys out there. They may not have large platforms like everybody else do, but there's a lot of guys like this who are in the black community and all, around, all different communities around the world, but who are really trying to level up and improve themselves and project, you know, the, the life that they want to live. And so I think it's super dope about you guys. Yeah. Thank you, man. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, I think. The biggest thing, man, is just creating awareness because, yeah. you know, tying into the earlier point, me coming into college, me personally, I never saw anybody within my circle who were doing those things in yeah. terms of when it came to dressing up. Uh, so me being able to be surrounded by, you know, men, especially men that looks like me, yeah. I think had a lot to do with, you know, giving me the motivation. You know, shout out to Jody Beckford, you know, uh, Garrett Green, you know, all the guys on campus who helped me. Um, because that's what I think really helped me and even get yeah. into the space or even want to get into it. Mm -hmm. You know, it was just having that, um, number one awareness, but two, somebody that was right next to us mm -hmm. that actually was walking the walk and talking the talk. That's real. Absolutely. Now that's dope. And, and, and that's the part where I feel like, especially for my journey, there were so many mentors that helped me along the way. And I like I I was kind of a mentor whore back in my, in my early twenties. You know what I mean? I was yeah, always yeah. hitting up dudes like, "Hey, can yeah. we hang out? Da, da, da. Can I come over? Can I?" Yeah. You know, I was always blowing people up because I just wanted to learn. Yeah. 
And so I feel like a lot of young men, they don't have that. Men of all ages, they don't have those those mentors. And what I feel like what the roommates creates is those digital mentors, right? Mm-hmm. You may not be able to meet Eric and Joe. You may not be able to make Ho- meet Jose or Alex, you know, all these other guys. Mm-hmm. But you're able to learn from them. You're able to connect with them online. So I'm really excited about providing a lot of these digital mentors to a lot of these young men so that men can continuously improve themselves. Right. But I think the you use the word... Something currency. What was that word that you used? Uh, so I was talking about the idea of, you know, perception economics oh, perception. and okay, how what attention okay. basically is the currency. You okay. know, a lot of people say that you shouldn't judge a book by its, you know, its cover. But yeah. realistically, in the world that we live in, most people do judge a book by its cover. Mm. And a lot of people don't get to the contents of your pages unless they like the way the cover looks. Exactly. Um, that's and that's really the thing that we started learning is how to leverage that. Mm. You know, especially, I mean, it being a minority, I think it's even more important to learn how to leverage that concept. Yeah. You know, I was looking at a study the other day and it said that people process images 60,000 times faster than they do words. Mm. Right. So now the conversation becomes, okay. how do you master the art of, you know, or the language of speaking without saying a word? Mm. And that's where I think clothing kind of comes in is because it allows you to have a conversation before you even have to open your mouth. Mm. Because 60 percent of a person's first impression um, is based on what they physically see. Yeah. You know, now, of course, you don't want to be club soda. Right. So, you know, you look good, but then they start talking (laughs) to you, go flat. You still have to have that depth portion to you. Right. To be able to articulate yourself. But it's really just about leveraging that. You know what I mean? And again, too, I think the easiest way to perform and feel good about yourself is to look good. If you don't have the conscious ability to put yourself in that state, looking in the mirror, you've seen good and then you get the feedback from other people telling you look good. Right. Kind of helps you throughout the day. Um, so, so that's really kind of where that concept came from, man. That makes a lot of sense. I remember Deion Sanders would always say, you look good, you feel good, you play good. Right, right. And, and I love that point because I think a lot of guys don't get that concept. We, like you said, in an ideal world, no one judges a book off his cover. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? In an ideal world, world, no one judges a candidate off their resume. But unfortunately, <laughs> we don't live in that world. Right, right. And, and people do. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's so important that, especially, like I said, my previous video i was telling a lot of guys like okay the first year of the content is kind of like kindergarten right right it's kind of getting the basics down mm-hmm. but now we're moving into next year yeah. about to move the first grade now we have to start building on the basics that we've learned so the style component as a man is so important because you guys do not understand what happens when you walk in a room dressed a certain kind of way yep. i remember we tell the story all the time but we were in miami right at this amazing club called Story. Shout out Story. <laughs> amazing club in Miami called Story. I've actually been there too. And we yeah. were, you've been in the Story. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. before, right? And we were in Story and we were in this section mm-hmm. yeah. and all of a sudden they were kicking everybody out of the section. Mm-hmm. Just kicking people out left right. and right. And we didn't belong in the section but we were just there. <laughs> the bouncer looked at us, saw the clothes, kicked out the people right next to us. Mm-hmm. So right. just because yeah. we're all you know suited and booted looking the part they treat us with a certain respect. I said, if you're really confident, if you're really confident, mm-hmm. most guys can't do this, but you can literally go into a, a store or restaurant if you have the right suit mm-hmm. and walk into the yeah. back yeah. and yeah. they won't say a word yeah. to you. No, no absolutely. We, we've noticed that a lot. <laughs> yeah. Especially at Georgia Southern where <clears throat> most people that know it is a very, you know, Southern kind of white town. Yeah. You know, when you go into a bar or a club dressed a certain way and you're black, you're out of there. Yeah. Honestly. So, and going back to kind of the kindergarten analogy you gave, I think that's crucial because 
dressing well is where it starts, mm -hmm. but having that vision of where you want to go after that, I think is crucial too. That's because right. like Joe said, you still want to have that substance behind it, right? Because one thing that I always really love to keep in mind is eyesight and vision, right? So it's kind of like a quote that I try to live by, right? Vision is a function of the heart. Sight is a function of the eye. Okay. So I always try to keep in mind that, you know, what is my vision? What am I trying to do behind what, you know, every move is kind of calculated, essentially is what I'm saying. So mm -hmm. I think it's important to keep that in mind of, yes, dressing well is important, but you still want to kind of know what direction you're headed in, right? You don't just want to look the part and there's nothing behind it. No, that's so, dope. That's dope. Know. And I think that that's definitely in line with the brand, with the roommates, because I always tell people it's this idea of leveling up the whole man, building up the whole man, right. physically, emotionally, spiritually, financially. Because what I find is that so many people who get like the idea of improving, they like the idea of getting their money up, getting their cars up, getting the house, getting the, you know what I mean, the, the cars, all these things, mm -hmm. but they don't worry about the inward man. So what I like about you guys, especially, is that it's not just let's look flying like like you said, be club soda, but it's actually okay. The same way we're putting all that energy into our physical appearance, we're also doing that emotionally, right. spiritually as yeah. well. Personal development. Yeah. You, you know, to your point, that's really funny. Um, and another thing I've noticed with dressing is again, you know, a rising tide lifts all boats, right? Mm -hmm. And I remember uh, one time in particular, we were going to a club, and you know, it was me and my guys, and we were all dressed up. And one of the girls that was actually with us wasn't dressed in appropriate attire to enter the club mm. right but the bouncer looks at me he kind of looks at my friends and through the image right he let her in wow right yeah. even though she like she was clearly i mean she was like in denim like yeah. sneakers like yeah, you know yeah, what i mean yeah, like she, she wasn't she just woke up yeah, yeah. You, you know what i mean yeah. but just the idea of okay these guys have suits that's a signaling piece all right yeah. they might be cis or they might be connected yeah, 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 yeah. you know what i mean let me let this slide because making this you know potential bad situation isn't worth it mm, um right. so I, I think that's true too man because even through association and being dressed you can help other people around you yeah man i remember one time i won't say this guy's name <laughs> but i have a friend <laughs> who if you're not dressed up with him he won't even let you go out with him oh wow. i'm not sure how you feel about that because i, I agree with the association mm -hmm. part but he also believes his idea is that you you are the team's weakest link so mm. if all four of us are suit. I think maybe that situation it was because she was a girl. Mm. But if all four of these guys were super fly, <laughs> and some guy was out of dress code, right. now all of our suits are negated. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, and man. it's like because yeah, 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 yeah. he's uh, what do you what do you think about that? I mean, so I've noticed. I'll say this: when we've gone out and we do have like a friend who's not dressed up with us you can kind of see that you can tell when someone's a little self-conscious, yeah, yeah. right? So that kind of oozes through. Mm -hmm. Now I'm not going to go as far as telling somebody, Hey, you can't come, you know what I mean? But, yeah, yeah. but <laughs> I, I've noticed that, yeah, you kind of are only as strong as your weakest link in, in yeah. a sense, but still that's where, like Joe said, you still kind of got to uplift them, bring them yeah. with you. You know what I mean? And, and, and naturally I think they'll start to, as you go out, they'll start to kind of dress yeah. the part, but that, that's an interesting concept of like, you can't come, you know? Uh, you know. I mean, even to add what Eric's saying, I think for us in particular, most of the people that are friends with us kind of know what time it is when we go yeah. out. And like, even, oh, what are y'all wearing? You know, yeah, it's, and, one, it's and, one of those conversations. It, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And even with us, man, to Eric's point, we're going to uplift you. Like if, if yeah. you're my homie, yeah. 
right? And you're coming, you obviously I see that you're struggling on the dress game and I'm in this industry. Yeah. Of course I'm going to help you. That's real. You know what I mean? I, I'm not just going to like let you kind of do your yeah, own thing yeah, and yeah. struggle. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, because I, I want everyone to be dressed nice and I want everybody to have that feeling of yeah. people responding to them, mm-hmm. right? Because at the end of the day, for men, it always feels good to go to what responds to you, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we, we aren't, as Eric said, going to go as far to be like, man, you, like, yeah, you can't go out with us. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You, you know what I mean? But we're going to help you to the best of our ability. Now, that's real. And, 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 man, this brings me to what I wanted to talk to you guys about. I wanted to kind of have this conversation on. How old are you, Eric? 26. 26 and Joe? 26. 26 both 26. Yeah. So what, what, I, what I try to help men and women understand is that you're not the only one in this world. Mm-hmm. And you're not the only one in this world who is trying to get what you want, whether mm-hmm. it's job, whether it's you know money, you know whether it's partner, like there's other people who are putting in work. Yeah. You know there, there are other people who are really going after it and improving. And the same way with a job, life is competitive, mm-hmm. and you yeah. got to realize that when you're putting in your resume, whatever that resume means, whether you're shooting your shot, mm-hmm. you know, whether you're applying for a job, when you put in your resume, there's another man putting in his resume as well. Yeah. And I'm looking at you two handsome men <laughs> who are dressed amazing. And I'm like, yo, fellas, you sliding in DMs. You're sliding in your, the same DM. They're sliding in the warrior. same DM. Yeah. So, you, you, so, so you guys, you guys got to realize that, yeah. yo, yeah. It, is, yeah. it is a competition. Yeah. You are competing with other people. And if, yeah. you're, and, and if you are not leveling up, when guys are complaining about where they are at in life, they don't see the other guys. You know what I mean? They don't see the guys like you who are always dressed nice, always fresh cut. You know what I mean? Always working on improving themselves intellectually. They don't see those things. And so, man, I just, I want guys to understand like, yo, these are the men that you guys are competing with. Right. Yeah, no, that's that's so true because especially like with Instagram, yeah. obviously it's so visual. Yeah. When your page is set up in a certain manner and you are dressed a certain way or you're presenting yourself a certain way, I mean, guys got to realize girls will start deeming you. You know what I mean? Same yeah, like yeah, when we go out, yeah. like I noticed when I started wearing suits, especially suits that fit well. Yeah. I mean, you, you just stand. I mean, yeah. this sounds kind of narcissistic, yeah. but you just stand there and women will start to approach you and it shifts the way you think. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So, you know, I think a really interesting analogy to use, it's kind of the the hunter versus the fisherman concept, mm-hmm. Right. You know what I mean? So th- there's two different ways you can go about it. You can go in the wild, you can hunt, you could potentially get scratched up, your arm bit off, yeah. you know, trying to get the food. Or, right, you can take the fisherman approach. Yeah. You sit in the boat, right? You put some bait on the hook, <laughs> let it down in the water, <laughs> right? And, and, and then whatever bites, you, you reel in. Yeah, um, yeah. And it, it's kind of that way, uh, kind of with dressing, because automatically you're setting yourself apart. And it, it's more of... It's more of you're attracting people towards you, yeah. you know what I mean, versus have to necessarily going out because you're already setting yourself apart. Not saying that if you, you know, you see something that you like, you shouldn't go after it. Yeah. But, you know, at the end of the day, if you're in the club and there's hundreds of people that are there yeah. and also from a woman's concept, you have hundreds of guys that are approaching you. Yeah. What are you going to do that's going to set you yourself apart? Exactly. What's going to make yourself different, especially in like in a club environment? Because, you know, how much conversation can you really have with somebody at the club? That's real. You, you know what I mean? There's yeah. only so much depth that can be seen, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah, while at, you're screaming at somebody. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> in, in, in a club environment. So, yeah. you know, I think uh, dressing is definitely a way to set yourself apart, but it's also a filtering process mm. as well. 
You know what I mean? Because what you'll start to notice is the quality and the type of females you attract becomes very different. Mm. And also the posturing and how people speak to you mm. becomes very different based on the perception that, you know, a lot of times they place on you. You may not even be like that. But, yeah, you know, sure. people begin to place those perceptions on you just based on what they physically see. Now, that's good. And and, and, I, and I want to tell a story about um, when I first met E. Okay, I want to tell a story. <laughs> So when I first met E, so I'm I'm always curious. I like oh, to know man. who men follow. Mm-hmm. So uh, so I met I met you. Then I met E. We had a great lunch that one time or mm-hmm. dinner, whatever it was. Yeah, yeah. And after we followed each other on Instagram, so I went on Instagram to see who this guy <laughs> following. Right? I like to know. I like to know. So I go oh, to people's follow. Man. Go to people who they're following. Uh, and then nothing's wrong with it, but I see he's following a lot of baddies. I was following a lot of baddies <laughs> at the time. We all follow baddies. I'm not mad at it. But I noticed something oh, that absolutely blew my mind. So whenever a guy follows a lot of baddies, I'm just always like, man, I wonder if this girl's ever following back. <laughs> so I so I go to this I go to the bad the first baddie I see, oh, go to her page, gosh. see who she's following. She's following Eric back. Well, okay. But more baddies later. <laughs> the research. <laughs> I've seen oh, this girl man. follow him back. Yeah. This dude had the most baddies I've ever seen. Follow him on Instagram, bro. I was like, how in the world is this dude? That's young young Michael Ely, man. I'm like, bro, this dude got so many baddies following him on Instagram, Get me in trouble, man. Listen, 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 listen. I'm not saying he's doing anything. Oh, my God. Eric is a good Christian man. Thank you. He's a good faithful honest christian man yeah, he man. can't help who's following him Thank, exa- exactly that's not his exactly. fault exactly. black men don't cheat exactly not at all yeah. right but i was amazed by it and going back to the part about i don't think other guys know how some people are living right. i don't think they understand like i said you know wearing the suits and improving the style like like you said like a fisherman you draw so many people to you yeah. high quality men and women to you so when i saw that i was like bro they're doing something right yeah. <laughs> these guys doing something right man yeah. so yeah yeah no i mean that's interesting because <laughs> i i get that a lot a lot of uh my guy friends would be like, hey, man, they'll they literally tell me, like, I went through your following list and I just followed them all, too. I was like, okay. That's... And, and <laughs> let, me, let me clarify, because this is back before. Right, this is a yeah. long time ago. Yeah, yeah, right. Long time months ago. Months ago. I think it was maybe years ago. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I met but I went on there and a couple of them, I tried to follow them. Yeah. <laughs> they didn't follow me back. Yeah, that, go ahead, go ahead. So, no, I mean, with that, it's interesting because, you know, a lot of people, they always ask me, Hey man, you don't post often. You you should post more. You post more, and I post on my story, but on my page, I'm very selective. Yeah. And I think that kind of goes hand in hand with the following thing because when people see that you are promoting a certain lifestyle or a certain type of content, that really draws them to you. So, you know, I, I mean, I don't know what to say too much <laughs> with that, but but it's funny because, like I said, a lot of guys will literally tell me, "Hey man, I went to your followers. <laughs> I followed all. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. do you know her? Like, I'm just like, man." No, and you know, I get that a lot too. Hey, do you know this girl? I'm like, no, but we follow each other just based on the content on my page or what yeah. she has on her page. So, you know, it, it's fun, but you know, <laughs> I'll just leave it at that. You know, what I mean? it happens sometimes. You know? Yeah, man. <laughs> to me, I was just like, man, that is impressive, man. Because, like I said, because I, I think a lot of guys, especially the dudes who really rock with this show, who are at the yeah. bottom, they don't understand the way life can be if you put in the work. 
Absolutely. And that's why I like bringing guys like you in because it's it's very inspirational for a lot of guys to realize that, yo, like, there is a very bright future for you if you put in the work. And I'm going to bring in as many guys mm-hmm. as possible right. to give you guys all the blueprints. Yeah, I mean, I, I think one big thing, and, you know, I talk with some of my mentees a lot about this, and, you know, we, we talk about it a lot, is most guys have this idea that they constantly need to be chasing, mm. right? They constantly need to be chasing a woman where... You know, for me and my personal experience, the more you chase your purpose, Mm. your passion, everything else comes by default, Mm. right? So for a lot of guys, if you're finding yourself, you're in a position where you're constantly chasing or not getting the the type of woman that you want or the type of results that you want, you know, that's kind of an indicator to me that you aren't chasing your purpose enough. Because I think most women, especially if they're a traditional or like a feminine woman, they crave security. Mm-hmm. And if you're chasing your purpose, that's what you're going to begin to ooze out is that sense of security that's going to draw women towards you. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, I think a lot of it is just, man, focus on your purpose and everything else will, will kind of come. Mm. No, yeah. that's real. That's yeah. real. No, I, I, I like that because I think that's something I think a lot of guys have confused. Because mm-hmm. I find it when so many dudes reach out to me about help. I'm like, bro, I'm not anti-women. Don't get the message wrong. It's right. about anti-women. It's, yeah. it's about if you want this end result, you're mm-hmm. going about it the whole wrong way. Mm-hmm. And like you're saying, what guys figure out when they do chase their purpose, when they do begin to build their kingdom, as I like to say, there's a lot of great things that come about it. But so many guys, myself included, in their early 20s, all you do is spend your money, your time, and all your resources chasing women. And you have nothing to prove at the or show at the end of the day where you could have put that money into right. your business, your kingdom, all that stuff. Right. And then you'd be reaping a lot of fruits later on in life. Yeah, and I mean, and I challenge a lot of guys because something I have to do, you know, quite often is take, you know, six months, eight months and really work on yourself. Because one book that we've read that we really love is called Go for No. Mm-hmm. And it, it really embodies the concept of yes, it's the destination, but no is how you get there. Mm-hmm. And I think by you focusing on yourself for that six months, eight months, a year, you're saying no, mm-hmm. but at the end, the end result is, is going to ultimately be, ultimately be yes, That's right? Real. So I think I challenge a lot of guys, if you're in that space to where you're like, well, dang, this is another no, another rejection. Okay, back off for a little bit. You know what I mean? Take some time, read, focus, meditate, work out. You know what I mean? Re- invest in yourself. Yeah. And then really, you'll really see the benefits of that. Mm. I truly believe that. Yeah, man. I mean, even to touch on that, I mean, that's a great point. I think for guys, again, man, you know, from my personal experience, isolation promotes growth. And I right. think the the thing that most guys have an issue or problem with is for areas of their life that should be filled with direction, they fill it with distractions. Mm. Yeah. Right. So, you know, th- th- those times where it's late at night and you should be working on your business plan, you know, you're DMing a girl, mm. you know, or, or trying to hang out with somebody. Yeah. And I think when you shift that time to really focusing in on what you need to do again, the other stuff will come. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so it's just being focused, man. Yeah. Yeah. And we've all done it. But yeah, but still. And that's the part where I'm like, I, I wish a lot of the the older guys always hit me up because when I use the let me clarify, when I use the word young man, mm-hmm. in my brain, young man is between twenty to forty. Yeah. And I and I think man forty to sixty and old man sixty plus. That's how mm-hmm. I think it. Okay. So a lot of time when I use the word young men, young men, young men, I'm kind of using that biblical language about just men under 40. Mm-hmm. But what I find is with a lot of the, the guys who think they're older guys in like like late 30s, mm-hmm. they're like, bro, there's so much of what you guys said, I wish I knew in my 20s. Mm-hmm. I wish I could have um, avoided these pitfalls earlier. And so for the really young men who are in their 20s, who are rocking with the show, rocking with the content, I'm like, bro, you guys do not understand 
What we're trying to give you guys is all the shortcuts to the game. Right. This is literally the walkthrough. We're giving you the digital walkthrough of life that you don't have to make the same mistakes that we made. And we're trying to put you guys on so much game so that you guys should be further along where we were at. You know, I wasn't, like I said, I've been on this journey, like, you know, figuring things out for the past 11 years. Wow. It shouldn't take you guys 11 years the way I did because I already got all the the, 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 the shortcuts. Not right. shortcuts, I'm sorry, the, the um, what do I want to call it? I have all the... Yeah, blue, the blueprint or yes, yeah, I have the blueprint. Yeah. I have the blueprint. Yeah. That's good. Yeah, the instruction manual. Yeah, instruction blueprint. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure, yeah. Right, you gotta take the stairs. Right, right. yeah, 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 yeah. Take the stairs. Yeah. No elevator. Yeah. No elevator. <laughs> Not Candyland, guys. Not Candyland. <laughs> but yeah, so I have all these things. I'm like, yo, I wanna, I wanna provide it, and that's why I, I want a lot of guys, especially like connecting with E, connecting with Joe, and realize, bro, you don't have to learn the hard way. You know, you just don't have to learn the hard way, and so. Man, I just think if guys really hold on to the message, especially the message about building your kingdom and good on your purpose, yeah. bro, so many great things can happen. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, and, and two, you know, Hafiz, and you're really good with this and shout out to you for putting me on a, you know, way of superior man. But I think the biggest thing that, you know, guys can do to kind of, you know, speed up that process is read, man. You can condense decades into days if you really focus and actually sit down and read, man. Mm. Because what essentially what you're doing is you're taking somebody's life experience and you're condensing that into information that's very palatable, right? And that you can digest in a short amount of time. And that can kind of show you, okay, this is what's going to happen if I go down this road. This is what's not going to happen if I go down this road. That's real. Right? And it gives you that experience to where you don't actually have to go through it personally because those are the ones that hurt the most. Mm. Right? And, and again, sometimes you need that, yeah, right? Because yeah, yeah. you need to go through that pain to really be able to learn the lesson. But man, a lot of times you don't. Mm. Yeah. Now, that's real. That's, that's that's a great point. Like I said, it's, you know, most men learn from their mistakes. The wisest men learn from the mistakes that's of other people. Right. And so that that's something else I think. And another thing I also want to talk about, because I feel as though there's not enough, enough honest men. You know, he's been laughing enough. You know, we're probably, we started here, to get here we go. The All right. We to get getting spicy. The getting spicier. <laughs> but I, one of the things I saw on YouTube that's really popular is like this, these talk to girls videos where guys mm-hmm. go up to girls, get numbers no. and stuff like that. It's like so popular. And if I... I wanted to, but I didn't want to get no in, tr- in trouble at home. <laughs> but I wanted to do a video like that, but show people the truth about it. Because this is young Steph Curry and Clay Thompson. You guys, you guys, you guys are shooting, and you guys are, you guys are the three the three point line. You guys are killing it. But no man is perfect. Yeah. So I wanted to do a video where literally you see me going up to girls, dressed nice, great approach, and everything, and seeing them saying no, and seeing mm-hmm. them say no over and over and over again, and let guys know like that's life. Yeah. It's not, nothing to do yeah. with me, but I think a lot of guys look at a guy like Eric and a guy like Joe, and they're like, bro, these dudes probably never get else. These dudes <laughs> never lose. But most guys got to understand every man takes else. Yeah. And that's a way of life. That's a part of the normal process for being a man. Right. Oh, man. I mean, that's a good point. To your point, yeah. Like, everywhere that he takes L's, you know, I take L's. And no matter what level of the game that you're at, you're always going to take L. You're never going to shoot 100% from the field. Exactly. You know what I mean? No, no matter how famous you are, if you're an entertainer, there's always going to be somebody that's not going to be attracted to you. And you have to become very comfortable with that. Mm. Um, you know, and, and, and to your point, I think, again, a lot of guys have the perception to where everyone goes perfect from the field. But, you know, that's not the case. Yeah. But to Eric's point... You know, yes, the destination, but no is how you get there. You know, you're going to have to go through some no's. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I I think 
I mean, I think that's a part of it. You, it's you almost have to treat it almost like a game in a sense, right? So when I before I was in a committed relationship, <laughs> I, I, like I always tell people, like I've had a lot of jobs. So for me, like one of the jobs that I did have, I actually used to work like in the deli. I used to wear a hairnet. Like oh, yeah, yeah, it's yeah, kind of yeah. so. But we what we used to do when it was slow, if a beautiful woman walked by walked by in the grocery store, we would go talk to her. We would leave from behind the counter with the hairnet <laughs> on and see if we could get her number. But yeah. like. I think that stuff is crucial. You know what yeah. I mean? Because like Joe said, it's okay to take an L yeah. and L isn't, isn't a loss. It's a lesson as they yeah. say. So I, I think that's what leads you to the promised land of getting a, lo- a bunch of wins. You kind of have to figure out what works and what doesn't, yeah. you know what I mean? Guys get one L quote unquote, and they get so discouraged, but my man, like yeah. nobody's perfect. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, and another thing too, it's like, how does that translate into other areas of your life? Mm-hmm. Because if you're scared to get, you know, a no and an L with a woman, are you scared to do the same thing in business? Yes. Right. right. Or on your dreams or your passion. So for me, I always look at the context behind the emotion of why you're not doing it mm-hmm. and how is this translating into other areas of your life? So for me, you know, and I remember like b- back when we were in uh, college, you know, right, we was yeah, at I the, the, the opera day. Yeah. <laughs> we was back at opera, right? <laughs> yeah. You know, like that would be a thing. Like, okay, we go out, we got to get, you know, a certain amount of numbers. And oh, yeah. it, well, I mean, it, like, you know what I'm saying? It, it, it didn't matter, but it was just, it's learning how to attack the fear yeah. of not wanting to do it. And mm. that's the bigger thing. You know, of course, I mean, yeah, it's nice. You know, you meet a pretty girl, you get her number. But I think the other side of it is learning to attack that emotion, that little guy that creeps up on your shoulder when you're thinking about doing that, saying, nah, you don't really want to do it, mm. pushing through that. Yeah. Because that, I mean, it translates into other areas when you don't want to pick up the phone to do a sales call yeah. or to do a client meetup. You know, you're learning and teaching and training yourself to push through that, you know, uncomfortable emotion. Yeah. I mean, because ultimately it's, have not because you ask not, right? Mm-hmm. And if you don't approach that young lady or if you don't make that business call, you're still in the same position you were, right? Yeah. So it's important to keep that in mind. No, that's you know? good. And I, and, I, and I like that point because what I feel like happens, and this is something that I be trying to get a lot of men to understand that mm-hmm. so much of the issues is inward. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's, it's and, and it's, and what's, because what can happen easily is guys be like, okay, I'm going to look like Eric. I'm going to get the suit. I'm going to get the cut. I'm going to get all this stuff. And then they're going to go and shoot right and then go and try to talk to a woman and then when that girl rejects him now he's defeated Mm -hmm. what i realized is that your identity is based upon her perception not based Mm -hmm. upon who you believe yourself to be Mm -hmm. and the point that i love that eric talked about was back when i was working at a deli with a hairnet and my god dang whatever i was wearing we were still approaching because i knew who i was you know some guys can only shoot with a suit on you know what I mean? Some guys need the like they because their confidence is not really internal. Right. Their identity isn't really internal. And so I've always been telling guys that identity is crucial because when you really believe in self and know who you are, somebody else can't tell you who you are. I've always said, imagine someone telling Shaq that he's short or someone mm-hmm. telling Usain Bolt that he's slow. Mm-hmm. Those words mean nothing to him because they know who are you? <laughs> right. You know yeah, what I mean? So yeah, I really yeah. want to encourage guys that a lot of you guys have so much of your identity in her approval. Mm-hmm. So when things don't go the way you want them to go, that's why you guys are so de- de- devastated and depressed. 
Oh man, I mean that that's a super layered topic. I mean, you could even go into that with designer versus luxury, but you know, I will leave you with something and shout out to Demetrius Pitt, you know, is one of my one of my guys where we're having this conversation and it's the idea that some guys have to buy the helicopter to be fly mm-hmm. and other guys are the helicopter. Sheesh. Right. <laughs> um and, and to your point, it goes back to the identity thing. I, I think that's that's really where you have to work on because you can be in spaces that were meant for you, but because you don't identify with them, you'll take yourself out. Mm-hmm. You know, case in point, I remember I remember going to to Athens, right? I went to UGA. It was my first time. I was around 20. And anybody who's been to Athens knows that it's a really big college town and it's a lot of bars. So, you know, I remember I was going to the bar and I was super nervous because, of course, you know, I have fake ID, you know, and I'm like sweating bullets. I'm like, (laughs) God, please don't turn me around if I get to the front. So, you know, bouncer looks at me. I I mean, ID looked nothing like me. Dude was dark skinned. I was just like, it was all bad. But he let me in, right? So he lets me in. And the craziest thing was, even though I was inside the club, I was super nervous. Mm. Like I was paranoid the whole time. I had access. I was I was in the club, but yeah. because my identity didn't I you know identify with the location, mm. right? I couldn't even be as comfortable as I wanted to be. And yeah. I think that that's the case for a lot of guys. Is you really have to work on that identity piece, mm. right? You know, it's one thing to say something, but it's another thing to to work on that on a deeper level and actually feel that and become that. Mm. So now you have congruency, yeah. right? Because you are a boss. Now you put on the suit, you have full congruency, you look the part, you are the part, you're being the part, yeah. and people can feel that. Mm. Yeah. And, and I think another thing too is don't be afraid to change. You know what I mean? Because I know for us, especially when we started wearing suits on campus, people were like, what do you guys, you know what I mean? Because yeah, yeah. people tend to judge you where they meet you in life. So if you're somebody where you come in and you're the athlete and all you wear is sweatpants and sweatshirts to class, which is great, which is fine, then you switch up and start wearing suits. Mm-hmm. People are naturally like, yo, what are you doing? So when we started, we had a lot of that, oh, here they go with these suits again, you know what yeah, I mean? But yeah, yeah. it's one of those things to where, like I said, you can't be afraid to change. Mm-hmm. If there's somebody that you want to be in your head and you really are passionate about being that person, man, you have to really just forget what other people have to say because now that we're in the space we're in, I mean, whenever somebody needs a suit, style advice, whatever the case is, they come straight to us. Yeah. And those are the same people that when we started were like, my man, why are you always in a suit? What yeah. was?" But now they kind of have seen, like I said, the vision of what we had initially. Bro, that's so good because now, now we can get a little philosophical before we get a little ratchet. <laughs> but what, but one of the For the things, Patreon. <laughs> obviously. <laughs> but one of the things I thought about was that when it comes to a man's identity, Mm-hmm. Who is he? Mm-hmm. So, for example, guy A was a good kid his whole life, always in school, you know, always being kind to his mom, always going to church on Sunday, doing everything right. One day he gets mad, probably around 22, 23, gets mad about the world, about life, grabs a gun shoots up a church full of people. Mm. He's Dylan Roof. Who is Dylan Roof? Was he who he was on his best day? Who mm. is he who he was on his worst day? Or is he who he was on most days? And and there's no right or wrong answer in my opinion. But what I find is that your identity is always being created each day. And a lot of people, what they're going to do, especially when you do something bad, yeah. no matter what you've done good in your past, when you make one bad decision, you are now that person. Yeah. But what's interesting is we don't do that for people when they do good. So mm. somebody can commit a whole bunch of crimes and be a convicted convict, 
change his life around, start to want to do something good, he's always going to be the person that did wrong. So in my personal belief, and I'm curious to hear your own, I believe you are who you choose to be that day. You as a man get to forge and shape your identity. So what a lot of people are going to do is they're going to be like, hold on, Jamal, Henry, Abdul, Juwang, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> I think I like it. No, it's cool. yeah, it's cool. I thought you were trying to cover like every. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think that's so cool. He always does that. I think it's so cool. He always like touch on everybody, you know. But and I'm like, your friends from high school always be like, dude, that's not you. Yeah. Why are you dressed up nice? Why are you wear this? So that's not you, yeah. dude. Why are you trying to read books now? That's not. And they're always gonna try to bring you back to this old self. Mm-hmm. And they're always going to say, that's not you. Oh, I know who you are. Man, that's Joe, man. Man, Joe ain't that. I, I remember him back in high school. Like, like that's your fixed state of being. So I really want to encourage all the guys to know that you are not what people say you are. You are not this fixed state of being. And when you choose yourself to change your life, to put away the childish ways, and to become this better version of yourself, that is now who you are and not what other people say you are. Oh man, yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean that, that there's there's a lot to touch on there. Um, man, I think the biggest thing too um, is honestly just understanding and also having a little bit of empathy because you know I see both sides. Mm-hmm. You know, I understand how it's hard for somebody who saw you as a caterpillar, yeah. right, to now see you as a butterfly. That's real. You know what I mean? Because it's like, man, you was fat, like yeah, you couldn't yeah, fly, yeah. and now you're almost a completely different person. Yeah. And you know, it is very easy for somebody to lose association with you because you've grown, and especially if you've outgrown where they're at, mm, right? That's real. Because if you've outgrown where they're at, now not only are they dealing with you know you not being close in proximity to them, but now they're looking at all the insecurities and things that they wish they were in you. Mm. Right. So now they're having a battle with that. So I've always had a healthy degree of empathy when people trap me there. Mm. But also to also understand that there's consistency involved. Mm. Right. Because if for five years of your life you were doing X, Y, Z and that person knew you there, understand that it's going to take some consistency of action and them being around you. Yeah to even reprogram that thought process of what they knew you were. Yeah. Now, of course, if they continue to drag you down where they met you or they to continue to have those insecurities because they're seeing in you what they wish they were, mm-hmm. then you may have to separate on the relationship. But I also think there's an empath- an empathy side that has to be had with that as well. Mm. Yeah, no, I mean, <clears throat> Joe hit the nail right on the head with that, especially because I just think back to my personal life the group of friends I had freshman year of college were completely different than the group of friends I had sophomore year. I mean, I kid you not, I, I always tell this story. I hung out with about eight or nine people freshman year of college. All of them dropped out yeah, yeah, yeah. like or got kicked out. You yeah. know what I mean? So I literally had to make an entire new group of friends sophomore year. Yeah. And a lot of that was due to the fact that towards the second semester, I was kind of starting to separate myself because not only I wasn't into what they were doing, but yeah. I saw myself like Joe said, kind of becoming that butterfly. And they started to kind of ostracize me as well because I was starting to wear suits and starting to do things that maybe they weren't doing. Mm -hmm. And I made the right decision because looking back at it, you know, they're not really doing a lot. But like Joe said, it does take a level of consistency. And when we started, we were very consistent. Mm -hmm. And now we've kind of started to reap the fruits of our labor because, you know, even on slow days or slow weeks with business, you know, guys will, will hit us up that we maybe have met in the past that have seen us in passing. Like, Hey, I remember you were wearing this, wearing X, Y, Z. And, and that's kind of just helped us continue to grow each and every day. No, that's real. And I love that point about consistency. You know what I mean? Because like you said, it's going to take people a while 
before yeah. they really, especially moms, you know, family members, people yeah. that grew up with you when you were younger, to for it to really register that, okay, now he's a different person. Mm-hmm. You know, because like I said, I guess nowadays I'm always meeting people who knew me back in high school. Mm-hmm. That's know, always you know, interesting. I'm back in Atlanta now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, I honestly don't remember who I was in high school. <laughs> <laughs> but I remember you. I'm like, oh, you, I'm like, honestly, you don't know who I am at all. Like, right, I, don't even, yeah. I don't even know that guy that you knew. Like, right. you probably know him better than I do. Yeah. I really, I'm, I'm so different from that. Mm-hmm. And so I really want to encourage guys about that consistency, about that self-improvement. And, and not to, like you said, not to feel like you are stuck. Mm-hmm. You know, I feel like too many guys, like I was talking to this one guy and people think I'm bad with women. <laughs> when, when I'm doing the one-on-ones with the guys, I'm like, bro, I have no tolerance. Because yeah. so many guys. Oh, we've seen it. Yeah, we, we know. <laughs> There's so many guys will tell me, oh, well, this is just, this, this is not me. Yeah. So this one guy I was talking to, and he, it is what it is. I was talking to him and he, and, and, and he wasn't working out. He was mm. not working out. Was out of shape, and I was talking to him, and I was like, "Dude," he said, "Well, I don't. That's not me. That's not my style." I said, "What? What does that mean? <laughs> that that's not your style?" Yeah. I think a lot of guys see you guys in suits. Mm. They see they see guys dressed up nice, and they say, "That's not my style. That's not me." Yeah. Says who? Right. I remember there's a scene in, in Hitch, and I remember. I'm, I hope I don't butcher this, but Will Smith bought this dude some really nice shoes to go on his first date. Mm-hmm. And he was like, How are you? Will Smith asked the guy, he said, How are you feeling in the shoes? And the guy was like, Uh, the shoes is not me. And Will said, You bought the shoes. You look great in the shoes. That's only you I care about. <laughs> that's you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Like, that's you. Yeah. And so I want guys, especially guys who are probably in this unhealthy, fixed mindset, who are like, I don't want to wear nice things. I don't want to be that. I don't want to be that. Bro. Why not become the best version of yourself? If it's going to get you a better outcome in life, if this is going to get you what you always desire, why not be this best version of yourself? And I, and I really want to encourage a lot of guys to focus in on that and to really grow from that area. Man, again, I mean, that that's such a layered topic, man. I think it just goes back to that identity issue. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like a lot of guys have that 2100 license and, yeah. you know, they're not they're not able to drive past 12 because yeah. they haven't upgraded the license. That's man. Real, that's um, real. And I think that's just what it comes down to. Uh, just And even too, I think there's an unhealthy association sometimes to being dressed up or caring about your parents and that not being like masculine in a sense. Mm, And the conversation that I have a lot of times with guys is the most masculine thing you can do is to care about your parents. Mm. Because you know what that tells me? It tells me that you're taking accountability. Mm. Because at the end of the day, to to be a man for me is about taking accountability with your finances, right? With your family, but also with your parents. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's kind of the mental shift I have with guys when I notice that they're like, ah, that's not really me, or I don't like dressing up, or I can't, well, why? Yeah. Like where where's that emotion coming from? Yeah. Because again, a lot of people just have unhealthy associations. And I think for most men, when they get the response, yeah. especially that comes from women, mm. right? You know, everything changes yeah, after yeah, that. Yeah, like, yeah. okay, I, I can wear this all the time. Yeah, 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 <laughs> you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. when can we set up another appointment? Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, say less. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. that's real. That's yeah. real. And and so, I'm I'm very curious to. Every guy has a unique experience, especially in the city of Atlanta. I feel like there's a lot of language about women in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, obviously Kim was on here sharing her experiences. But I'm very curious to you guys. What has your experience been like with dealing with women in Atlanta? 
or women of this generation. Your choice. Uh, I'll, I'll let uh, Eric go first on that. Um. Wow. <laughs> well, I'm I'm born and raised in Atlanta, so I've been here a while now. Um, man. I think over the years, especially with social media taking off the way that it has and Atlanta being the new black Hollywood and everything like that, you, you get a lot of, once again, transactional interactions. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm not one who's going to completely generalize all women, yes. but I noticed that in Atlanta, a lot of women, like for example, personal experience, I remember one time I got tickets to a Hawks game mm-hmm. and I put on my Instagram, I was like, Hey, I have tickets. Anybody want to come? This is the date. Yeah. Uh, one girl in particular who I recently I got her number, she replied back. She's like, yeah, I want to go. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, cool. So, you know, here's the day, you know, we'll meet, I'll pick you up, whatever. She goes, okay, yeah, but I'm not going unless they're courtside seats. Mm. And I was just like, <laughs> first of all, it's a free day. You know, that's just one of many examples as to where I see a lot of that in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Um, once again, I don't really like to completely bash the city because yeah, yeah, yeah. people are like, you know, Atlanta's this, Atlanta's that. I'm like, okay, we'll move. Like, yeah, there's, there's yeah, yeah. 49 other states, you know yeah. what I mean? But, you know, it's a lot of transactional. What can you do for me? I see a lot of, oh, well, he has to be able to pay my bills before he can, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, luckily, I, I was able to find someone that yeah, isn't yeah. like that, yeah. but it's a lot of transactional relationships here. I, I'll say that, mm-hmm. you know. Man, um, <clears throat> you know, I, I think it's twofold for me because, again, to East Point, I, I like to stay balanced in my perception, yeah. right? Uh, because on one side, I think there are a lot of professional women. There are a lot of women that are doing amazing things, providing great value that are in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. However, yeah. um, However, you know, <laughs> on on the other side to East Point, uh, I've just I've noticed a lot of. Um, transactional relationships and things to me that don't necessarily sit as congruent Mm. um so what i mean by that is you know i I find that a lot of women want a traditional man in the sense of pays the bills gives security but on the flip side i'm noticing that they're not a traditional woman Mm -mm. (laughs) and and for me i have no problem with stepping into the role being a traditional man but you know one of the things that i always like to say is you have to inspect what you expect Mm. and if you aren't a traditional woman in the sense of being able to provide me clarity and you know different perception yeah peace you know and, and and i know that's a hot word because i think a lot of women when they hear peace they have an unhealthy association to not having their own opinion or yeah. not being their own individual and that's it's not it's remarkable, it's that, remarkable. And, and that's not what it means at all it just means when i come to you right are you able to give me a sense of peace in terms of clarity and thinking? When I have issues with work, are you able to give me different perspectives? Are you able to look at people in my life that aren't good for me? Right? Because I don't like I'm not looking for you know for security in a woman. Yeah. But if you're gonna be looking for that in return for me, especially to be a traditional man, you know, I am gonna expect for you to be a traditional woman. Mm-hmm. And that's where I'm noticing there's a lot of incongruencies. And to Eric's point, again, it becomes very transactional. And one thing that I've learned, and you know, I encourage a lot of men to do this, is stop leading with money mm. when you meet women. That's right. real. And the reason I say that is because what it does is it begins to create a transactional environment and you're always gonna have somebody that can make a bigger transaction. That's real. We're in Atlanta. Yeah. You know, she yeah. runs into a scammer who yeah. takes 30 minutes to get 100000 out the account. It's a wrap, yeah, my guy. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah. It, yeah. You, you know what I mean? And also, too, it gives you a good idea of does this girl actually like me mm-hmm. or is it just, you know, am I a convenience to her because I'm able to provide her with a lifestyle 
that she appreciates. Yeah. Right. Um, and that's kind of been the thing for me is just learning to kind of sift through that and have discernment with yeah. it. Yeah. Now, I, I was going to say as well, I mean, Joe touched on something. <clears throat> Once again, going back to balance, it's not just women. Like yeah. he was saying, a lot of guys would be like, hey, listen, I'll put you in this Lambo truck if you just come here with me. And that makes it hard for guys who are genuinely trying to get to know you. Yeah. Now, what I will say as well, going back to a woman being peace or you know, a lot of women hate the word submissive. And I think that word has really been uh, weaponized yeah. because by you bringing me peace or bringing me certain other qualities that I look for, I'm responsible for myself as well. Yeah. There's certain things that I need to provide to you also yeah. to make this a balanced relationship. That's but real. it's really been weaponized when men say, hey, I want a woman who is submissive or is, is peaceful. Yeah. And, and I think that's really just, it's made it difficult for guys who are really genuinely trying to do it the right way. Yeah. So. And what I, what I find interesting about, obviously they, they hate the word submission. They're yeah. Like, ah, you know, <laughs> yeah, about yeah. to explode. But I, but I find it interesting that like how, maybe this is, I want to use that word because I don't know exactly. I might be using it incorrectly in the sentence, mm -hmm. but I don't think when a woman says, I want a man who's a leader. Mm-hmm. Why do you want somebody who's a leader? Because there can't be two kings in one castle. My dad mm. always said that. Right. There's no mm. two presidents in the, in, in the country. You know. So when women want a man who's a leader, they're basically, I want somebody who wants to lead me. Right. And so going back to, as I always talk about the sexual dance, imagine salsa dance, whatever dancing it is, <laughs> there is a leader, a competent right. leader, and mm. there is a willing person that follows the individual's lead. And so as a woman who wants a leader, you have to understand a man wants somebody who is willing to be led. Mm, exactly. And that's the component that they don't get. Like the same way you as a woman do not enjoy going to the salsa club and dancing with men who cannot lead. Mm -hmm. It's an unenjoyable experience when you're having to lead the dance most of the time. Mm -hmm. If you're dancing with a woman and she's not willing to follow your lead, it is the most frustrating thing in the world. I tell the story all the time. I'm not a great salsa dancer. <laughs> I understand that. I try to take courses, but I got embarrassed. <laughs> but I'm gonna go back one day. I remember I was I went salsa dancing one time, and there was this girl, and she could tell I couldn't dance, and obviously she was good at dancing. And she was like, "Okay, let me do this real quick." I was like, "No, I'm, I'm leading here." I know I'm not good. Not <laughs> and then she lifted my hand and she said, spin. And I was like, I don't spin. Right, right. You, you spin. spin. <laughs> you don't spin me. Said, no, I want you spin, spin, spin. I said, stop. I'm going to tell you this one more time. If you want to keep dancing with me, I, I know I'm not good, right. but I'm going to lead this dance. Mm -hmm. She tried it one more time and just stopped, walked away. <laughs> and they don't realize that component, you know? Right. They don't realize that you, you as a woman, and me and my sister were talking about this today, you as a woman are free to give any demands that you want. You're free. Mm -hmm. This is America. It's a free country. Demand whatever you want in a man. Right. But what you don't understand is that same man is going to make demands out of you. And that's mm. the part I feel like they don't mm. get. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> willingness to be led yeah. is so key because I know you and I talked about this before having a woman that is willing to essentially kind of come onto your team mm -hmm. is so crucial because whenever you meet a woman who's kind of has her own agenda yeah. it, it never works mm. it always fails yes. so as a man being able to once again discern hey this woman 
she's able to kind of come along with my program. Yeah. I have something going on. She compliments it. She helps me. She's able to, like Joe said, bounce ideas off of what I already have going on. And if you don't have someone that's able to essentially, like I said, come onto your team, it's always going to fail. And I, I think as a man too, it's just important to remember that no matter how beautiful she is, you know, whatever the case is, look at what she's willing to add to your life, right? Mm -hmm. Does she bring you peace? Mm -hmm. Is she able to come onto your team and be an asset instead of a liability? So. Yeah, I mean, and just to piggyback back off what he said, and no disrespect, but like nobody wants Antonio Brown on their team. Mm. Yeah. Right. Seriously. Like, like, yeah. no, like nobody wants that headache. You know, again, you want somebody that at the end of the day gives you congruency. Mm -hmm. And that's the biggest thing. You know, it, it has to make sense. Yeah. And uh, again, I, I think guys for us, a lot of times we can get trapped so much in the visual aspect of a woman that we're not like peeling back the layers mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. understanding from a depth perspective what is she giving me? Yeah. You know, does this make sense? Do we complement each other? That's real. Because there, you know, a lot of times there ends up being friction and you're with a woman for the aesthetic, but not, you know, what's under the aesthetic. Right. Yeah. Right. And, you know, she doesn't necessarily compliment your team. Mm. Um, and, and at the end of the day, you know, and again, you know, David Dita talks about this at a lot, but, you know, men, we're, we're kind of, it's a train essentially. We're going to go to, you know, our destination regardless. Yeah. And I think you have to find a woman who's willing to hop on that train That's and go deep. through the journey with you. That's deep. Yeah, I love that point right there because I want to talk about something else, but I want to stay there for a little bit because that idea of a masculine man is like a train who has a set destination. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, what I think happens for a lot of women is they want the train that's going northbound to go south. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, I mean, and even to touch on that too, you know, one thing that I found as well that's really interesting is I think you know, in my experience, I found that a lot of women like the idea of an ambitious man, but oh, don't Lord like the absence, absence that comes Lord with it. Lord Jesus. And Ooh. I think there tends to be a very incongruent idea because of course, you know, you might see guys who are rappers or athletes who have a very disproportionate time versus money, mm. you know, lifestyle. But when you're, you know, talking to a guy who has a real job, even an entrepreneur that's yeah. outside of those industries, you know, as a woman, you have to be comfortable with the investment of the time in that man's passion and not look at it as an assault to you mm. and, you know, his emotions or his care for you. Mm. And that's what I found has been really tough because every, you know, woman wants the six figure guy mm. or seven figure guy. Yeah. But I don't think a lot of them understand the time. Bro. that comes with that mm -hmm. especially again like yeah if you're an athlete or entertainer you're making 200 an occasion yeah. you know it's a little different mm -hmm. but most guys are not living that lifestyle mm -hmm. and to make that level of income there is a level of sacrifice and discipline that comes with it especially if you're young now granted if if you're a younger woman and you want that then yeah you might have to deal with maybe a guy who's maybe 40 or 50 and has those systems in place but yeah. realistically if you're looking to date a guy that's your age that is making that level of income there is going to be a level of time you're going to have to be comfortable with that guy spending on developing those systems and continuing to grow that level of security mm. bro that point is so deep because i don't think people understand that component yeah I don't think people understand that. And I was talking to, um, and we could talk a little bit about the six-figure conversation if we want to, but I was talking mm -hmm. to a woman who she, she, I, I'll give her, I like women who have that expectation because that's all they get. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like if you're a woman who says, I only date six-figure because 90% of guys who shoot at me have this much money, 
Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, and my yeah. problem is when you don't ever get those offers, you, know what I mean? <laughs> you don't get D1 offers, but you want to go to <laughs> You're not getting invited to train again. Yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah, what's yeah. going on? Yeah. So, Practice squad. <laughs> <laughs> and so, and so, but she, we were, me and her were talking because she said her whole life, that's what she wanted. We were having a great conversation. And then, and then she said, but the problem is these guys don't have time. And mm. what happens is that if a guy is usually working 40 hours a week, it's usually you get paid by the hour. And what I mean by that, it's not about like you clocking in, clocking out. It's that the more time you put in to building, let's say hunting. If I put in 40 hours to hunt, I can maybe hunt four buffalo. If I put in 80 hours to hunt, I can hunt eight buffalo. Mm. So the more time you put in, the more resources you get. And so what she realized is that, man, the guys that I want or the guys who I was dating making $200,000, $500,000 a year, they're working 70 yeah. hours a week. Yeah, yeah. And I and she said, I had to realize that, man, what do I want more? Mm. Because she was like, I I the the stuff is nice, but I want your time. And one of the things I feel like a lot of girls who don't date those high earner men men, they don't realize that. Like you pointed out, Gary V literally says he sees his kids on Saturdays. <laughs> wow. Patrick Bet David literally yeah. says he sees his sons once a week. Mm-hmm. These men who are high earning, highly competitive, very ambitious at the top of the mountain, because they're competing against other men at the top. Mm-hmm. 40 hours is a thing of the past. And so I don't think a lot of women are aware of that. And then they want to attack a man's character. Then they want to make, they want to shame a man into putting that amount, those amount of hours. Mm, And then they don't realize that that's one of the reasons why a lot of guys may not be dealing with you in that tax bracket because you don't understand, like Eric talked about for him on his team, he don't need somebody after working 70, 80 hours to provide a life that you're enjoying Mm -hmm. to now complain to him (laughs) About the time, you know what I mean? When right. you're not complaining about the apartment, yeah, yeah. you're complaining about that that new Birkin bag mm-hmm. you got the other weekend. You're yeah. not complaining, complaining about these things. So I really want women to understand that to do not attack a man's character, especially these high earning men and men who are like you guys really working these hours, because that is what's required to be and to stay at the top. And and again, it's like I, I get it because I hear both sides because yeah. you know there's also the methodology and thought that you know what you care about, you make you, time yeah, for. You, and you, you'll make time for. It. And and I get it because there is still a level of commitment and accountability that as a man that you do have to have if you're cultivating a relationship. And I get that, and I don't want people to hear this and think that you know we're unaware of that. But I still feel there needs to be some congruency and a little bit of balance. Mm in the equation when we are having these conversations because i don't think a lot of people see the other side i I think they they want to essentially have their cake and eat it too Mm -hmm. um and just you know it's just having the awareness that if you're going to go into this situation and mess with a guy that's in a certain tax bracket that is outside of let's say you know entertainment or being an athlete that there is a time equation that's involved Mm. Uh, now of course when you get to the point to where you can automate your income and you create certain systems in place and of course you know the time that you're putting into your work goes down Mm -hmm. but again that's something that takes time to foster it's not Mm. created overnight yeah no that's real that's a good point and i I think like i said but i want to bring more of the guys on it and on there to talk about this you know what i mean because yeah. i feel like like you said it is a healthy balance 
you know, there is a healthy balance between you're not, you can't neglect your woman. Right. You right, can't yeah. be like, oh, I'm working 90, 100 hours a week. You can't neglect your woman. But at the same time, to keep the lights on. You know what I mean? Like they don't realize that it's not just turning yeah. them on, it's keeping them on. Right. You know, it's not it's not so much okay, you know, especially when you have kids into the equation, you know you gotta oh, pay for man. college. You know what I mean? You have to pay for health insurance. Like these are things you gotta mm-hmm. keep going. You know, mm-hmm. the machine gotta keep going. Then you got your competitors trying to take you out. So if you right. over there working forty and they're working sixty, how long you guys can stay in business? Right. And so there's that component, but I really I, I really want to Cause I think Kim did a great job of talking about what these certain women expect in men. And mm-hmm. a lot of guys were, their eyes were wide open to mm-hmm. like, Oh my gosh, I didn't know that. But I don't think women, I was talking to my sister about this with the guys that you want, the Eric's, the Joe's, a lot of these desirable men that you guys want. I don't think they understand the expectations that these men also have for women. Right. Like, like mm, I'm yeah. not sure if you've ever heard this before, but women will always say, I'm a manifest whatever they whatever they create a requirement height right. money I'm a manifest these things right so they believe mm-hmm. like either from God or from you know the secret or from nature mm-hmm. I'm a creative requirement and I'm gonna manifest them but then if a man is like okay I have this body type I have mm-hmm. this thing well you don't know what you're gonna get mm-hmm. you, you don't know yeah. what God has so now all of a sudden now <laughs> we don't know what God has in store for you with you, you know for a fact God can give you six figures, six right, feet, right, blah, blah, blah. Right, yeah. but when it comes to a man and his expectations, all of a sudden you don't know what God has in store for you. So I think these, a lot of times these girls got to realize that the men that you want have high expectations and you're competing with a lot mm. of different yeah. women. Yeah. Yeah, that that competition word is pretty <laughs> triggering. Uh, I, 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 I let E touch on that. Yeah, and I mean, and and I remember what Kim said as well. It's like a lot of these women too. If a situation doesn't work out for them, it's hard to go back to a guy yes. who's maybe not at that level yet. Yeah. So you know, you have to once again keep in mind it's all competition. Yes. So you know, if I'm a guy and I and I have a girl who is expecting certain things out of me and she doesn't meet what I require, she can't really be upset mm. because, you know, once again, it goes back to a bunch of double standards. But like you were saying, it's kind of one of those things where, you know, if what you won't do, the next person will do. Yes. And I think women view us like that. So when we view them like that, it kind of is mm. viewed in a negative light, mm. you know? Yeah. I, I just, again, I, I think the word of the day is congruency and balance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think it is very interesting because as a guy, when we do tend to give our opinions, it's, it tends to be labeled as misogynistic. Mm. Um, but on the flip side, when women tend to give their requirements and opinions, it's not labeled as misandrist, mm. right? Mm-hmm. And a lot of people are like, what, misandrist, what? Yeah, yeah, you know, it, it's yeah. it's the female version of misogyny. Yeah. Uh, and I think at the end of the day, of course, I think delivery is very big because you don't want to be dis, you know, disrespectful in your delivery and your expectations, but it is a real thing. Yeah. You know, like if you want a certain job, Right. They have a list of requirements. Mm -hmm. Right. And when you send your resume and if you don't have those requirements, you won't get the job. And people are very comfortable with that idea. But I think a lot of times when it when it dials back into relationships, people don't have that same level of comfort. And at the end of the day, that's what it it boils down to, which is having congruency and doesn't make sense. Mm -hmm. If I'm a guy and, you know, you know, I have a certain amount of value that I feel that I bring. I don't think it's arrogant of me to expect the same thing. Mm. Now, of course, you know, you do have to be careful in your delivery of those expectations. Yeah. I agree with that. Yeah. But at the end of the day, those expectations are still there. And I shouldn't have to 
feel bad about my expectations because they may not run congruent with what you're offering. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. And that's where I, I think people kind of have that like gut check because yeah. if those expectations kind of hit on maybe, you know, certain insecurities that yeah. you may have, yeah. that tends to become the real issue when you start peeling back the layers. Yeah. Um, and then the yeah. conversation kind of gets lost in motion. And we're not even talking about the main thing, which is as a, you know, a man, what are my requirements? Mm-hmm. You know, now if you want to talk about why they're those requirements, okay, yeah. we can have that conversation, but you know, it shouldn't be a back and forth about what I like. Exactly, man. It's so funny. Three things stood out to me about what you said. I want to go do the, the last thing, the second thing, and the first thing. Last thing, we put it, we put a, 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 a post on Instagram saying that, you know, woman, what I say? Something about women wants guy who makes a certain man's uh, broke, yeah, yeah, doesn't yeah. have money, saves mm. with his mom. Women say, get a job, you know, get a yeah. purpose, yeah. leave your mom's house. Yeah. Woman who's out of shape, unhealthy, doesn't work out. Women say, set her how she is. Yeah. Well, most people didn't take into equation that when I use the word unhealthy, I didn't just mean physically. I addressed the mm. physical thing in the first two. Right. I was describing emotional wow. unhealth. Yeah. Because a lot of times, girls who are Physically unhealthy. Mm. Not all of the, there's yeah. just plenty yeah. of girls who are physically and emotionally, but there's a lot of people who are physically and mm-hmm. emotionally unhealthy. Yeah. And I remember this girl sent us a DM. She said, that's the only thing wrong with her. <laughs> I said, health is wealth in life. Right. right. Yeah. That's more important than money. Yeah. If you told me right now, would you rather be unhealthy or would you rather be poor? Mm. I would rather be poor than unhealthy. Right. Because at least when you're poor, you can become rich. Mm. You know what I mean? At least yeah. you can work. You have a day, mm-hmm. another day to live. Mm-hmm. When you're unhealthy, there's a potential that you can die. Mm. A short death. There's a potential that when you have children, you're going to you're gonna pass on those unhealthy things. You know? And so, it was like a lot of women, especially when it comes to physical fitness one, they don't even see why that's important. Mm-hmm. You know? And then to the second thing that Joe said about the, the delivery, as one who has one of the bottom deliveries of humanity, <laughs> one of the bottom worst deliveries of humanity, I understand that completely. But I think we we don't we give too much credit to the feminine mm-hmm. and not yeah. enough credit to the masculine. Mm-hmm. You see, we simply think because she says, "Well, I just want a guy who's six feet," and because she's feminine, has a certain tone, she's not being condescending. Yeah, she's yeah. not being direct. Yeah, we, you know, point. we don't understand the intention of her heart. But a guy who's direct is like, bro, if she's out of shape, I don't want her. Wow. Yeah. You know, we say that he's bad, but it's like he's just being direct in masculine language. Doesn't mean that he's being rude. Mm. That is a. I mean, that's actually a good Oof. point, man. Because yeah. to to your to your point, I think there is a lot more consideration to the feminine delivery yes versus the masculine delivery and I, i've never actually thought about that because you know again if if you communicate too directly or too masculine to your point um it can be considered rude yeah um so you know when when talk with women there is kind of this default where you have to kind of shift the conversation and the delivery to more of a feminine and softer um approach which is interesting because they don't necessarily have to shift their tone to a masculine delivery they yeah. still will in most cases not all women yeah. right but in most cases they still have a feminine style of delivery you know mm. they aren't going to then have to be forced to also have a masculine style of delivery Go, there, yeah no yeah. but I, I think i think that's okay though because yeah. you know i know with my personal uh, relationship my girl she always tell me like hey 
if you have something to say, I don't mind if you have, if you tell me, but yeah. just, just don't yell at me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you know, so I think delivery is important. Yeah. And just once again, going back to the way of superior man, making your woman sit there and bask in her feelings and how, you know, this made you feel some type of way. It never works. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think delivery is important because if you delivered in a certain way to where they're able to really internalize it, then you're good. You know yeah. what I mean? So it's important to, to really keep in mind what it is that you're saying, but also how you're saying it. I agree with you hundred percent. So let me tell you, now we get into this, this interesting conversation that I was reading a, um, a couple of days ago, going back to delivery. Mm-hmm. So I, I think David Dater, somebody said this where the masculine talks to express reality, right? The feminine will talk at times to shape reality. And so one of the things that you'll notice is that you ask a guy what he wants. And a guy will be like, well, I want this certain body type. I want this, that. It's a very direct way of communicating. Mm-hmm. And then that's perceived as shallow. You ask mm-hmm. women what they want. They're like, well, I want a guy who's kind and caring and sweet. And look, it's a very feminine. It sounds good. Mm-hmm. But deep down inside, there's. That's why I always say, no, tell me. Give me the masculine. Speaking right. of masculine right now. Yeah. What do you really want? Mm-hmm. So what I've noticed that sometimes when it comes to women, the feminine style is sometimes deceptive to how they talk about you behind closed doors. Mm. And we've seen it all the time with women. They will, mm. if you're a guy, you don't, you don't like a man. You will, when he comes around, you just, you won't talk to him. You mm. won't associate with them. And people are like, why are you being rude to him? A woman doesn't like her friend. Say, like, hey girl, hey. Yeah. And then when she leaves, <laughs> now she's saying all these things about him. So what mm. I've noticed that we, we shame the masculine. And like I said, you're right. If someone doesn't like it, you have to accommodate each individual. Right. Men, women and men. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know what I mean? If a man, if you're a woman and a man can't understand you giving your signals, you have to learn how to speak in the masculine. Right. Mm-hmm. If you are a, a man and you your woman doesn't like this direct aggressive tone, which she tells me all the time, that yeah. you have to speak in the more feminine. Yeah. And the last thing I want to say, and this was deep when this guy talked about it, Joe made a point about he said something in which perception is 60%. What were you saying earlier? Um, so, so basically 60% of a person's first impression is based on what they physically see. Perfect. So I think Hitch said it. He said 70% of communication is nonverbal. Mm, yeah. And so what happens is when, when it comes to communication, a lot of women say men don't communicate well. You hear this all the time. Mm, yeah. But what happens is Women are judging men off of feminine style of communication, which is words. Mm. But more masculine style communication is actions. So me and Joe could Mm. go play basketball and have a great time and we can feel connected. Right. And that's how we bond. That's how we communicate. We were like, yo, we can just sit and just do activities and Mm -hmm. feel close. And so that's a way that sometimes men communicate through activities, through doing stuff together. So what a lot of times society does is they shame men for not communicating the way a woman communicates. But we don't also tell women to communicate in a way that a man can communicate. Because mm. there was this interesting couple, which I was reading about, where, and this is from the book His Needs, Her Needs, mm. where the man and the, the woman that he was dating didn't speak English. Wow. They dated for two years. And they didn't speak the same language. They were, they were eventually she learned English and they got married and they've yeah. been married. But what happened was she could speak in the masculine style of communication without having to use words. And through mm. the nonverbals, through just, you know, just doing stuff together, moving, 
they were able to communicate in ways that most couples can't. So I find that a lot of times when it comes to the masculine style of communication, mm. we put so much of uh, the, the, uh, the emphasis on it and we praise the feminine style. So when men don't meet that standard, now we attack their character and their inability to communicate. Yeah. Mm. No. Wow. No. <laughs> that, that, that's huge because, I mean, do you think that's something that we can get away from? Because, you know, what I see a lot is, a lot of these forums like shade room and all these pages and whatnot, there's such female dominated voices that it seems like whenever a man comments or whenever a man has something to say, it gets lost. Mm. So for me, it's like, well, well dang, like how do we get to the point? Like, I mean, that's amazing that couple was able to do that, but I feel like a lot of women, especially because of what they're reading online or seeing and, and hearing in day-to-day life, they're like, Oh, he's not accommodating to me. So it's whatever. Mm-hmm. But I think that role has to be reversed and a man has to really stand in his masculine and be like, Hey, listen, you know, I will, you know, I'll speak to you respectfully, but you need to understand what I'm saying because in order for us to really make this work, it can't just be, oh, well, my way or the highway. Once mm-hmm. again, goes goes back to being on someone's team. Yes. It's never going to work if you have to join her team, right? Mm-hmm. So you have to keep in mind that, hey, listen, I'll be respectful. We'll do this. We'll do that. But, you know, you have to be able to still listen to what I have to say, right? Mm-hmm. And, and, and really, uh, I'm sorry, really speak in that masculine sometimes mm. you know yeah man i mean if he's you know you're a prophet <laughs> yeah if he's broken down i was like well then where do i go from here um, but you know i i think the only thing i, I think that's interesting and, and and what i will say is i don't know if as men and again this could be us you know uh, letting women off the hook in a certain way but i think also it, it comes down to if you want it to work, there's a certain level of accountability you have to take. And sometimes just like there's certain things that, you know, women have to understand that they have to deal with with men. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think to a certain degree as men, there's certain things that we may always have to deal with with women. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and unless you have a woman that is as committed to growth and, you know, person development and understanding both sides as you are, yeah. I think it is very rare to find somebody who has a level of awareness to be even able to see both sides of the equation. Yeah. And at the end of the day, you know, going back to David Dita, if, you know, you're rooted in your masculine, it almost gets to the point of there's just a level of accountability you end up taking and you're yeah. like, hey, I'll take that bullet. Yeah. No, that's good. And so one of the, one of my least favorite phrases in the world is happy wife, happy life. That's a good point. Because yeah. the idea behind that is for us to be happy, you must be happy. Mm-hmm. No, yeah. it's happy us, happy life. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's not just about you. And I feel like an E hit the nail on the head. A lot of society, especially in the black communities, mm-hmm. female-dominated spaces. Mm-hmm. These female-dominated spaces, female-dominated voices where all these feminine ideas are projected into the world, projected as a norm, projected as a standard. But which is why I'm excited about, you know, bringing you guys onto the team and what we're building at the roommates is that we're building now masculine mm. alternatives. And what's happening is that a lot of women are realizing the ones that I really, I, I love these girls the most. They're realizing that my best thinking is what got me here. That's mm. what they say to Alcoholics Anonymous. Before you make a change, <laughs> you have to realize my best thinking is what got me here. Yeah, yeah Us true. doing things that way has gotten us single, has mm. gotten our mothers single, has gotten mm. our grandmothers single. This is not working. 
And like I said, they're now being like, okay, instead of learning from women, let's learn from the source. Mm. Let's learn from the men we actually want. So to the point about competition, what some of these women are going to have to understand is that there are some women who know that. We were on the, the live yesterday in India. I, I, I'm, I'm really wanting to talk to her a little bit more, maybe yeah. bring her on the show. This girl knew like the masculine, feminine. She dance. knew her stuff for oh, sure. She, so she was, yeah, she was nice with it. Yeah, she for knew. Sure. I'm talking about, I've never yeah. met a girl. I've met many women who knew her stuff at that age that well. Mm-hmm. Whether she lives it. She was talking to talk but though. She yeah. knew her stuff like, mm-hmm. like, a, like, a, like a true yeah. genius to mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Very good at speaking in the masculine. And so when it comes to the competition, mm-hmm. there are some women mm-hmm. out there to all, to all my other girls who don't want to get on people's program who are willing to. Like Eric, I, I had a friend. I won't say his name. I'll tell you guys after the show. Maybe on Patreon. Patreon. <laughs> I had a friend who was dating one of the most beautiful women mm-hmm. in the planet. I think everybody could argue he's dating one of the most beautiful women in the yeah. planet. Mm-hmm. And he was like, if I'm being honest with you, I'm at the point right now where she leaves, I don't mind. Mm-hmm. And then I, he was talking about it and I was like, I have a question for you, man. Because you're dating one of the most beautiful women in the planet, is there a lot of baddies sliding in your DMs? He said, it is ridiculous. How many other girls yeah. are waiting to take her spot? Wow. Perception economics, man. That perceived value has gone up. Has yeah. gone up. Yeah. I, and I remember I was reading uh, Brittany Rayner's book. And that's her book to read. <laughs> <laughs> I was reading her book. And she, and she would say when she was dating the lawyer dude, mm-hmm. she said that girls would literally try to take picture if she went to the dude's house and took a picture in his bathroom yeah. girls would try to come over just to take a picture in the same bathroom uh, in the same manner that Brittany took it and so i'm not and i'm, I'm not justifying wild. cheating that's and stuff crazy. like that. it's crazy yeah but yeah. what i want some of these girls to understand is that to my amazing women who rock with the roommates who are growing who are evolving this is not applies to you but for the women who don't want to change there's a lot of girls who are willing to do the work to get with the program, to learn the masculine, to embrace the masculine, to allow men like you guys to thrive and be who you are. And so uh, the women who don't want to change got to realize you're competing with girls who do. Mm. And that's that's what I'm seeing, why I'm so excited with the guys who are loving up, which I'm so excited about bringing you guys on. Ladies got to see men are putting in the work. Absolutely. Men are like back. I understand there was a time when it was like black man ain't dealing with this. Black in it times in the words. I think it was Bob Dylan who made a song. Times they are a changing. (laughs) Like it's changing, and dudes are really getting their stuff together. And so it's just something in which man, I really want to commend men like you guys for setting a culture and setting a tone where it's like back in the day there was things that we used to tolerate as men. Those days are no more. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, and kind of going back to what we were saying about female dominated spaces, I think what gets really scary and really um, risky is when you get with the whole group think, Mm. because you get a lot of women who will see something and then everybody's just latches onto that one idea when in reality like you said a lot of guys are really putting in the work and those guys obviously don't get highlighted because a lot of them aren't the famous athletes or rappers that are openly cheating and get caught with all these scandals but 
once again, I think groupthink is so dangerous, man, because once again, like you said, it becomes generational and you start seeing these generational curses of divorce and the divorce rate is so high within certain families and communities. But a lot of them, for some reason, never want to take that arrow and point it inwards. It's mm-hmm. always, oh, he messed up. He did this. Well, no, <laughs> you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. That's not always the case. Like yeah. I said, it really goes back to how dangerous the whole group thing thing can, can really be. Mm. You know? Yeah, I mean, and, and for me too, like I, I think another at least telltale sign for me is if ever I'm talking to somebody and I'm asking about their past situation and they aren't able to take any level of yeah, accountability, accountability is huge man. because you know to to ease point as long as you're looking at somebody else as the problem and you're taking zero accountability for your own self being and putting yourself in that situation mm-hmm. I, I think you still haven't removed yourself or even grown from that last situation mm-hmm. uh, so I mean accountability I think has to be uh, has to be had mm-hmm. on both sides and yeah. to your point and ease uh i think it's very important to see and have more images of black men that are doing the correct thing and just men in general yeah, yeah, yeah. right uh because most successful men are married mm-hmm. right they, yes, they it, are. you know and that's kind of i think it gets misconstrued because of course you see athletes you see entertainers and the worst examples. And, and, and like yeah, that yeah. tends to be the billboard i mm, think of men this is good but in most like what i don't think people understand is that's like 0.005 percent of men this. You, you know what I mean? And I and again, like the men who are doing the right thing, right? Most of them enjoy peace. So they're not usually even willing to kind of put themselves out on front street or oh, to man. broadcast the situation because they enjoy the privacy. Like even for yeah. us, like we have a lot of successful clients, you know, multimillionaires. Mm-hmm. A lot of them, man, married. Yeah. Grounded. Yeah. You, you know what I mean? And And for us, we always like asking those guys like, hey, you know, how did you know to get married? You know, what is your advice? And it kind of gives us a lot of good feedback because even two, two of our closest friends are married. Yeah. Right. Young too. Yeah. 26. Same age as us. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's out there. I just don't think it's projected as much. And again, it's just, you know, I think controversy sells, Mm. but there has to be, I think, positive spaces that are beginning to be built where people can have those reference points because then the day it all comes to reference points. If you don't have any healthy associations to relationships, it's going to be very hard for you to build a healthy relationship. Mm. You know, it's kind of like being an actor. You're just going to read the script that's been given to you from your environment, what you've seen. And until you become aware enough to become the director, to rewrite the script, you're going to continue acting out the same scenarios. Mm. Um, And that's what I think it comes down to, just becoming more aware and getting more spaces to where you can change your reference points. I love Mm. that. And he made a great point where he was talking about um, the idea that in regards to a lot of male spaces, hold on, I forgot my train of thought. (laughs) What was I saying? Made a point about, (laughs) you were talking about, oh, great, Um, great, great. That's, That's where it was getting old <laughs> but he made a great point where he says when he was talking about a lot of men are not like these messages aren't being communicated right. and, and thinking about going back to what we said previously think about the styles of communication no. the feminine style is verbal mm-hmm. the masculine style is not as verbal mm-hmm. usually I think they said if the average woman uses 100,000 words in a day a man uses 30,000 you know, oh, wow. so when you when you understand lingu- in linguistics, most yeah. guys, you we know guys, they're not really mm. talkers. Yeah. yeah, most women, they're the ones who can talk. And so when you think about that, a lot of these spaces, the real, the view, you know what I mean. A lot of these popular shows, it's predominantly mm. female-driven shows. Mm. Yeah, a lot true. of times when you hear stories, 
They're female stories. Like we talked about previously, no one knows the stories about the guys who get cheated on. Mm. We don't talk about that. Because yeah, yeah. where is it? Where can a guy who gets cheated on go to and people can have sympathy for him? Yeah, nobody they, wants to hear you cry. Nobody wants yeah. to hear you cry. Yeah. 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 So, like should have known better. Yeah, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, don't yeah. be a simp. Exactly. Like, yeah. So there's not a lot of spaces, even regards to communication, mm. where mm. guys can even talk about what they're going through. You know, you think about a lot of these channels, Own Network, BET, a lot of these channels, especially in the black community, they're predominantly female channels. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like Shade Room, Baller Roller, a lot of these popular places besides World Star, yeah. you know, which are uh, no, no, no. <laughs> um, yeah. a lot of these places are female dominated spaces. And so I think what I'm excited about doing is letting women understand the diversity of male voices because most of these guys are low key. You guys yeah. stink. Yeah. You guys think there's no men. They're just not talking because they're chilling. And know what I also notice? Happy women don't talk either. Mm, they don't. They don't uh, want anybody to know. Yeah, they, exactly. sure they, they, they don't want the competition because yeah, yeah, yeah. women know how they are. Exactly. You want what you can't have. So yeah, yeah. Bro, That's I realize true. that so many happy women mm-hmm. they don't talk. Yeah. Like you, first thing they don't want no one to blow their spot up. Because mm. a woman is talking about how amazing her husband is and this, that, and the third. Going back to what I said about Brittany, mm. a lot of girls will want to take it. Right. A lot of girls will want to be. I they want that said, bathroom pick. And they <laughs> want that bathroom pick. <laughs> and, and, and they want their head to the side in the Rolls yeah. Royce. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and there's not many Rolls Royces being around. Right. I wonder what's going on. A lot of, I've always said a lot oh, of women man. would rather be Obama's 10th wife than Jamal's first. Mm. So mm. There, there is a huge thing and we don't gotta get too deep until we get the patreon <laughs> but we don't gotta get too deep into this stuff oh, and man. so i want a lot of girls to understand that when you're when you're reading and you're hearing all these stories mm-hmm. you don't know that you're not hearing all the story and same thing with guys now and i'm and i'm calling guys out on yeah. this one so many guys the butt hurt extreme red pill MGTOW, incel guys mm-hmm. when you guys get hurt you consume yourself with mm-hmm. nothing but negative Female stories. Right. As a content creator, I know if I want a video to blow, I create a negative female video. Mm. Yeah. Five red flags to avoid. Don't date this girl like that. Avoid a woman like this at all costs. She is the worst thing possible. Run for the hills when you see mm. her like that. That's I right. have a bunch of titles that I know if I put them out, it's going to blow up. Right, mm. but I know that if I'm only projecting negative things about women, it's going to negatively affect the next generation of men. And I'm not, I'm not hating on the guys to do that, but I, I will challenge you: go to some of the most popular male mm. videos for dating advice, mm-hmm. especially in the black community, and see how much negative everything with women is a negative story. She took his money. She wanted alimony. She did this. She did that. And it shapes your worldview to thinking that all women are like this. Right. Mm. And the last thing, going back to perception, perception economics is I recently read an article that changed so much of my beliefs on this, which is why I want to strive to create more positive voices. Do you know that the 50% divorce rate is a lie? Mm. Really? Really? Yes. Okay. So New York Times Business Insider, I'll link them all below, did an a interesting um, article about this. And in actuality, the divorce rate has been declining for the past 30 years. Wow. It was at its all-time mm. high in the year 1979. Mm. And what they said was the divorce rate was at an all-time high at that time because during the 50s and 60s, post-World War II, everybody was getting married because it was a fad and thing to do. 
And then in the late 70s, when no-fault divorce happened and they changed the laws where you can leave if you're unhappy, a lot of people who were just doing it because they left at that time. Mm. But then the divorce rate steadily decreased. And the reason why people people did a 50% um, um, believe that number was mm. because, let's say, what they would do was if out of 1,000 people, 10 guys got married. Let's say in the year 2020, out of 1,000 people, 10 people got married. Right. But then in the year 2020... Five people got divorced, hypothetically speaking. Mm-hmm. They would divide the five by ten to get to fifty percent, but that's incorrect mm-hmm. because the mm-hmm. pe- the same people that got married weren't the ones getting divorced. Right. So you you had you had no prediction between who was getting divorced versus the ones who were getting married. Mm-hmm. So you can't say fifty percent of marriage in two thousand twenty yeah. ended in divorce because the ones that got married two thousand twenty are still married. <laughs> And so that number, because what they did was, I think at, in, in 1979, that number was like 46, so they rounded up to 50. Mm-hmm. And, and you know what percentage is? You can't round up. Yeah, it's yeah, like saying no, I got a 4%. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we know how it was in college. Yeah, yeah. You, got a class, you weren't getting a yeah, 70 in the class. Right. Yeah. You know? And so, so a lot of people believe that, that 50%. And now that shapes everything mm-hmm. so i think it's so perception, important yeah. that that perception is clear that perception is healthy you know i said it's not you know um cynical nihilism right and just everything is negative i screw the world it is mm-hmm. and it's not delusional optimism you know everything is sunshine and roses and everything's perfect but it's healthy realism mm-hmm. where you have a clear understanding of the pros the cons the good and the bad and you and you move forward into that and not overwhelming yourself as so many men and women do with these negative stories. Yeah. I mean, really the only thing I really have to say to that is one thing that I always keep in mind when I see those type of stories is, man, if you repeat a lie over and over again enough, it will become the truth. Mm. And I think a lot of these big label and big name companies, they know that. Mm -hmm. And so they're going to just spew that rhetoric of, oh, the divorce rate is high in the black community or, you know, men, uh, you know, all black men cheat or all men cheat. And it's just not true. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? But they, they spew that rhetoric of, Hey, I know that if I say this enough, yeah. people are going to believe it. Yeah. And I think that's just a big example of it. And you know? you know, another thing I see, and again, I think it just goes down to uh, that idea of accountability. It's very easy to feed people's insecurity. Mm. Yeah. Right. Because if somebody hasn't worked through a situation um, or it's too painful for them to look at themselves as the problem in a situation, they're going to run to whatever can justify and make themselves the quote unquote good person mm. in that relationship or failed relationship. Mm. And I think that's really what it comes down to. I think you have a lot of people who are very aware with what they're doing, but they're feeding people's insecurities mm. sometimes for views. Yes. And it, it doesn't necessarily mean that some of the things that are being said aren't true, but at the end of the day, you have to have balance, mm. right? Because if you lean too much to the left or too much to the right, you're off center. And, and that's what I think it's more about, you know, what it's about going back to. And that's why I always appreciate watching what you do, Hafiz, um, here at Roommates and as well as Chris, is because you guys offer a balanced perspective and a balanced diet. Um, and that's what I think is needed. You, you need a balanced, healthy diet. Because, like, if you eat candy all day, eventually you're going to get sick. Yeah. You know, it could be really sweet, mm-hmm. right? You, know, you can like the way it tastes. Yeah, yeah. But eventually you're going to get sick. Yeah, that's real. And, and that's what I think it's about, man. You just have to be very aware that you aren't consuming things that one feed your insecurity or two feed a negative, you know, stereotype or, you know, reference point, especially if you already don't have a positive reference point in your life when it comes to relationship or females or for females, men, 
you need to seek and find them, mm-hmm. right? Because all it's going to do is continue to stack on the trauma of things that you've seen. And you're never going to deal with the inner issues because your worldview is now skewed, mm. right? You have a different lens yeah. on, not realizing that you're the person who controls your prescription. Mm. Yeah. That was deep. <laughs> <laughs> that was fire. That was fire. Bars? That was, that was, no, I, I love that. I love that. And so, yeah, so, that's, so that, um, that part of accountability I love so much. And that's and that's what I think the message is for the roommates. You know, it's mm-hmm. it's 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 a message of, of men and women leveling up, becoming the best versions of themselves. And the idea is that you can make excuses and there's people who complain and there's people mm-hmm. who make a change. And so if somebody is happy and winning, why not me? Yeah. I remember I told that to Chris. We first started doing the show and we weren't making a lot of money. I said, if somebody's winning why not mm. me? And, and a woman called into my show. My dad got mad how I talked to her dad. Uh, <laughs> nah, whatever. And they were mad. But it was like, I told her, I said, if there's 99 people who failed, mm. why not you? Because no, what's interesting is if I was to crunch the numbers and say, hypothetically speaking, 1% of Americans earn, well, this is not hypothetical. This is the reality. If you're in the top 1% of means you earn four hundred and eighty-nine thousand dollars a year. Mm-hmm. A millionaire is probably in the top 0.1%. That means if you make the million, if you make a million dollars a year, you probably earn more than 99.9% of people. Right. So, so if you make so that means 99.9% of people will never be millionaires. But does that stop people from striving and desiring mm-hmm. to be millionaires? It doesn't. Mm-hmm. Everybody still wants to be a millionaire in spite of all the odds. So when it comes to leveling up and being the best version of yourself, especially the cynical guys who are always negative about women and the cynical women about negative about men, if there is 99, hypothetically speaking, if there was 99.9% of unhealthy men and women, mm-hmm. but this point one, why can't you be, why can't you find that? Mm-hmm. Why can't you have that relationship? Why can't you have that style? Why can't you have that life? And so I don't care the number. Like for us to be successful, I remember I was looking, I was researching it because I was obsessed with, you know, getting 100,000 YouTube subscribers. And I think when I looked up the, the numbers, it said there's 20, sorry, there's, there was 30 million YouTube accounts in the year 2019. Out of 30 million YouTube accounts, I think there's 20,000 had over 100,000 subscribers. So if I'm wow. doing the math correctly, 30, wow. 33, it was less than 0.01% of YouTube channels have a 100,000 subscribers. Wow. I said, bro, if it's 0.00001, I I'm, need to be, I'm yeah. be part of that yeah. percent. Why not yeah. me? Yeah. Why not me? And, I, and that's what I think the message needs to be. Guys, you see Joe, you see Eric, you see what they're trying to do. Don't say not me. Don't say, well, that's for them. Why not you? And that's mm-hmm. what I believe guys should take away from this conversation, man. Sheesh. Uh, Why are you yeah, doing yeah, them like yeah, that? He's got in the bag today. Yeah. Ah, I'm with the best. I got to level up. <laughs> so, so, you know, we're, we're going to have a little fun on Patreon. Yeah. Ah, so do you have a message that you want to share to the men and women who are listening to you guys in closing? A message of encouragement going into the new year. I feel like that's something that, you know, a lot of people had a really rough year of last year. But what is a message of encouragement that that you guys want to leave these young men and women and women and men, men and women of all ages going into the new year. Mm. 
Um, I, I think a couple of things. Uh, number one, continue to be intentional. Yeah. Um, you know, sometimes uh, you can't base your future off of your present. Mm. Um, and a lot of times you don't realize that you're not waiting for, you know, your future to catch up with the now. You're really waiting for your past to catch up with your now. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is it's the actions that you're doing today and the seeds that you're planting today that are going to germinate tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Um, so just be present, man. Continue to work. Eventually it's going to catch up because we've been in this space seven years now. Mm-hmm. Right. And the actions that we we're doing then when people were laughing at us, being like, why are these guys wearing suits? They think they're this. They think they're light skin, all of this. Mm-hmm. Now those efforts are starting to germinate, yeah. right? They're starting to come to fruition. We're starting to see, you know, the the tree come out the soil, if yeah. you will. Um, so just keep that in mind, man. A lot of times uh, we get so wrapped up in what's happening that we can't see beyond what's happening. Mm. You know what I mean? Just like the seasons, you know, after fall and winter, what comes? Spring and summer. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's always a mindset that I've, I've kept is, you know, life is cyclical. You're going to go through the seasons. It's, it's all about how you approach them. I love that. Yeah, I think for me, it's, you know, 2020 was a year of people really realizing what's most important. And I think a lot of people also were able to really separate a lot of debris, if you will, out of their circle. Mm -hmm. So I think going into the new new year, number one, don't forget what you learned. Mm -hmm. Number two, like we were saying, don't allow people to judge you where they met you. Level up, continue to grow. And, And number three, like Joe said, be extremely intentional, right? This year was a lot of loss, a lot of just, just negativity overall. Yeah. So I think going into the new year, just really make sure that you're very, very focused and intentional on what each step should be. Have that vision, plan it out, and then execute. I love it. I love it. love it. So guys, where can they find you guys at? (laughs) Yeah. So our joint page is Harrison and Hines. Um, My personal Instagram is Eric Austin H. And mine's going to be Mr. J. Hines. Most definitely, guys. I'm going to go ahead and link those um, Instagram accounts in the description below. So, guys, you know how we get down here at the Roommates, guys. Be sure to follow my fellas. You know what I mean? Connect with them. Reach out to them. Send them a message about what about this episode stood out to you guys. Guys, thank you guys (laughs) so much. And my name is Hafiz, and I'm joined by... Eric Harrison. And Joseph Hines. And we are the Roommates, guys. About to go to Patreon. Let's spice this thing. (laughs) Thank you guys so much. And... Have a great day. All right. Uh, thanks, bro. Yeah. Now we can have some fun. All right. Okay. All right. But uh, but uh, nah, man. I I I, I love you guys, man. I'm Thank excited. Bro. I'm really in, bro. I, I yeah, really. I, I'm serious, man. I'm really excited about you guys.